Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Citizens Bank Studio, welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, where we celebrate every single day the people across this great state who are working so hard to make this place a better place to live, work, and play. I'm a little under the weather today. I'm on day five of COVID. Um, I've uh, weathered it pretty good. Think of a bad cold that doesn't really go away and, uh, you know, some fever and whatever. But today's a lot better. Uh, I contracted it while I was up at the camp uh, this past week. Had an absolutely memorable time up at my place up in the Mississippi Delta with my uh, hunting son, Jake Carter. Uh, just had an incredible experience, but Jake had the sniffles and as it turns out, it was COVID and, uh, my doctors as for regular listeners know that I had a pretty severe reaction to the COVID shot. I had a, uh, a heart arrhythmia that, that cropped up. In fact, it was a pretty bad one that, uh, I ended up in, uh, ICU in Destin and, uh, in the process of trans, uh, whatever my heart back to a regular beat. My heart actually stopped in the process for about seven seconds. And when you when you look at it on the EKG and you see a flat line, um, it's a it's a great reminder <laughs> that we should we should count our blessings. But when I contracted COVID, my doctors got a little bit aggressive with uh, treating me, hoping that of course I wouldn't uh, have a heart arrhythmia again. And I've I've done really really well. So I think COVID and flu and all the other aspects of what we have to deal with. It's part of life today, and we just have to kind of deal with it. And the way, the way I look at it is now I am uh, immune for at least uh, nine months to a year. So that's the way I look at it. Hey, I want to share a couple of quick quotes with you. Uh, I came across these, one from my history book, and it was a quote from Agnes Moorhead, who was a Hollywood actress back in the early 1900s. But she said this, fear of life closes off more opportunities for us than fear of death ever does. You know, that's true. I know a lot of people who are so afraid to take that next step, so afraid to take risks. And countless uh, times we learn from others who have taken the risk, it it paid off. And um, I think we should uh, seize the moment, live in the moment, and uh, not let great opportunities pass us by because we fear them. That that is for sure. I think Agnes Moorhead was right. And I I, I actually... uh, sign up for a, uh, a, a a social media site called Motivation. And from time to time, they just send out these quotes. And one that came through yesterday said this, if people are talking behind your back, be happy that, that, that you are the one in front. I love that, actually. You know, as a former publisher, I never really worried too much about what people thought. I knew who my core friends were. And I knew the things that I would be focused on were the things that I felt like were important. And if I did my homework and spoke responsibly, I would uh, I would sleep really good at night knowing that I felt like I was doing the right thing. And a, and a good example of that actually was the last couple of years, you know this, if you're a regular listener, if you pay attention to what I write, 
I don't get on issues too often with this show. In fact, rarely do I. But every now and then, I do get locked on in a way that I would have when I was publisher of the Sun-Herald or the Times-Picayune or the Press Register of Mobile. I lock on because I believe it's right for the community. And one of those was the, uh, the sort of dust-up we had with coastal Mississippi tourism. What was good about looking back on that, in fact, I just ran across a post that I did recently, and what was good about that is, is watching how the business community, the Gulf Coast Business Council, the Casino Operators Association, a lot of leaders sort of came to the forefront and created a lot of accountability around that. And I believe, actually, that there was some change in elected positions directly related to what I believe was a lack of leadership on tourism. Um, you know, as a former newspaper publisher, I always believed that shining the light was going to be really, really important and that it was going to create leadership and it was going to create, I think, an urgency around people participating in what I call democracy. And uh, the good news is, is that when you do that, usually good comes from it. And I believe today the, the effort around coastal Mississippi tourism is as strong as it's ever been. And uh, I, got a, I got a note yesterday, actually, just yesterday from my, my friend Paige Roberts, who's the executive director for the Jackson County Chamber. And she said the commission, this is the tourism commission, she actually serves as a member of the, of the uh, commission. She said the commission meetings we have now, excuse me, start over. The commission meetings we have now are so upbeat with a true team spirit and it couldn't have, we couldn't have gotten there without pushing from community leaders. And I thought, you know, that was terrific. And, you know, Paige is someone I have so much respect for. She, she really puts her energy where her mouth is, and she is a terrific leader. And, um, you know, I'll look back on that and say, you know, we have to, there is a powerful lubrication to change that comes from pain. Sometimes we have to go through rough spots to get to a better place. And I think that's what, what has happened with coastal Mississippi tourism. And so with that said, I'm, I'm really pleased that my new friend, someone that I have watched very closely since she joined uh, Coastal Mississippi Tourism as its CEO, uh, my, my good friend, Judy Young, is going to be joining me today. So, Judy, how are you doing? Doing great. I'm, I'm glad that you're on the mend. That's a, that's a tough slog. So almost yeah, over. It's, it, it's life. <laughs> we, have, we all have to, we have to deal with it. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, whether it's the flu or COVID or whatever, certainly if someone has a lot of pre-existing conditions, they've really got to pay close attention. And in my case, with that heart arrhythmia, I have to pay close attention. But, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm definitely on the mend. And uh, for people who can't see, uh, who are listening on the radio, people on the YouTube audience and Facebook and on, uh, on Super Talk TV can see this. But you have a beautiful uh, a Christmas tree in your background. And I've commented about how clean your desk was, but then you you pointed out that that what we can't see is you have uh, you have a lot of activities on your actual desk. But it's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's a beautiful time of the year, isn't it? I mean, we can reflect right now, can't we? It is. It's uh, amazing, and I get to experience such great. I mean, my commute is stellar. I, I know I love uh, driving down ninety, coming to work. Uh, and seeing the the schooners with all their Christmas lights on, because uh, so I come up to work in the dark and I go home in the dark, so they're always on, and um, it's just lovely. I, I'm I really am very fortunate. Well, that tells me as a leader, you're burning the midnight oil, which is a good thing, and you know we have to be focused. 
Um, I, I'm thrilled that we get a chance to reflect. I'm thrilled that we live in coastal Mississippi. I posted a, a photo this morning on the uh, Ricky Matthews Facebook page, but it was uh, the sun coming up over the Boer Vige from the perspective of Biloxi Bay. Just, I mean, it was incredible. And I, I live, I, I'm lucky to live on Back Bay, but no sunrise or no sunset is the same. They're all miraculous. They're all incredible. Every day brings a new view. Um, and I pointed out, actually, that, you know, we, we may be the king of sunrises and sunsets for the world. At least that's my, my view on it. But it's a gorgeous time of the year, isn't it? it it's, it's stellar. I, I've had such a great time and great experiences. I was uh, judging the Christmas boat parade. And there was this really cool low cloud that was kind of hovering halfway up on the Beau Rivage. And so it was like reflecting off the water through the cloud. It was it was absolutely incredible. So Judy, you um, this is the really we, you've you've joined me before, but this is literally the first time that we're going to have a full show together. <laughs> and I thought we'd take a step back a little bit and talk about your 39 years of experience and you know what you were doing before you actually landed in coastal Mississippi. And um, you know I think it would be a, a good good review. I mean you came. You came with tremendous experience. You came into a situation that needed transformational leadership. You've seen that on the commission, uh, both with your current uh, board chairman and, and your most immediate past chairman. And we'll get into some of that as well. But um, you know, when you when you, let's let's talk about where you grew up. Well, I grew up in Central Texas in a German community uh, that was founded by a German prince, and uh, it was a it was an idyllic. Um, childhood in a community steeped in tradition and active citizenry would be what my second grade teacher, the first female mayor of my community in the 70s, told me. Judy, if you want anything to be fabulous, it's going to take active citizenry. Sometimes that's great. Sometimes that's annoying. And sometimes you just need to go to the bakery. <laughs> What what beautiful advice! And by the way, to be a woman mayor back in the nineteen seventies, she must have had a strong will. She was she was fantastic, um, Mrs. Naglin. Her family owns the oldest uh, German bakery in Texas, and she was your typical um, double knit pant type perm second grade teacher she taught economics in second grade it was she came up with this crazy thing with post-it notes and so if you were good and you did different things you she kept score on a pet on a poster board and you would have post-it notes and they would she would create like a community of vendors and you would get to spend your post-it notes wow that's so interesting Hey, listen, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with the CEO of Coastal Mississippi Tourism, um, Judy Young. And we're going to talk a little bit about growing up in Texas. And she had a pretty incredible career in Texas in, in the tourism arena eventually. And then uh, decided to join us here in Coastal Mississippi. But we'll, uh, we'll pick it up from right there when we come back on the other side. We'll see you after this break.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend Judy Young, who's the CEO of Coastal Mississippi Tourism, with me today. And we're, we're kind of taking a step back a little bit and getting to know, you know, where she grew up and her incredible experience in tourism before she actually joined us here in Coastal Mississippi. So you, you grew up in that small town, and the mayor there, a woman mayor in the 70s, inspired you. When did you know that tourism might be something that you would uh, make a career out of? Uh, you know, when I was in uh, elementary school, they asked that, and I wrote I would be a, a travel agent or an advertising exec. And so it was, it was somewhat destiny, but I, um, my mom and dad, there's a beautiful river in my town and, and my mom couldn't swim and she was very worried about me as a toddler. So she entered me into swim lessons and, um, that kind of launched my love of, uh, sports and travel. I've traveled all over the world and all over the country with, uh, competitive swimming and, my claim to fame is that I was um, selected by LBJ to christen the pool at the state park in Fredericksburg because I was the youngest age group swimmer in the country at the age of three. Wow. Wow. That's, um, that's a, actually a young age to be, to be involved <laughs> in, that, in that way. Um, I competitive swim. I have friends who have been involved in competitive swimming, and uh, my daughter, or my granddaughter, Riley, is involved now. And, uh, boy, this has gotten extremely competitive over the years, hasn't it? It has, but, you know, the, the great thing about that uh, skill in sport is that no one sits the bench. Yeah. Everybody yeah, plays. Everybody swims. There's an age group for everyone in every skill level. So I liked it because it was inclusive and uh, had a fabulous mentor that stuck with me for well, 22 years of competitive life. So, Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I, I know what that does as well to, uh, to, to make you physically fit and able to sort of conquer the world. But to have swam competitively for that long, wow, that's, that's, a, that's an incredible number of years and uh it helps helps in, in your adulthood to understand what it means to live a healthy lifestyle doesn't it it certainly does um you know it's uh it's it really was the foundation for most of uh life lessons and um meeting a, a, an amazing group of people i had some very good friends that were uh they were couldn't hear were deaf and so my dad and some people rigged up a way for them to have a light that would strobe underneath the starting box so that they could you know compete so ingenuity and and um really inclusivity just yeah. having having that opportunity and i traveled i traveled as a very young person um really all over the country I had so much fun in a in a volkswagen pop-up camper wow that, that's cool. But, you know, it's interesting. I often say, and we have conversations about this on my show all the time with guests, that whether it's travel around the United States or even abroad, you know, that perspective is really important when you're, when you're sort of centering your attention back to coastal Mississippi and saying, okay, where do we stand and how do we compare and what can we learn from other areas? Um, perspective is really powerful, especially when you work in tourism, isn't it? It certainly is. When, I mean... When I travel now, 
I do crazy things like take pictures of hanging baskets and street signs and, oh, look, they have uh, stars in the sidewalk or some very sophisticated manhole covers that, that have QR codes on them. So when I come home and I look through my, my photos, it's a little bit different than other people's travel photos. But for me, travel is the, the most important education that also enables you to build some very authentic memories and friendships. So, so Judy, you, uh, you know, you said you were inspired early in your life through your travels, but you entered into the tourism uh, career and you never really looked back, did you? No, I didn't. Um, I, I started out working in attractions and, um, and then I just moved on from there. I worked in uh, the retail side for American Express uh, Travel Services. That was a lot of fun. And uh, then my mentor, one of my mentors, had been the president of our chamber down the street, two houses away. And he and my mom decided that I needed to not travel so much and be home. And so the bureau director's job came up. And the next thing I know, I had an interview. <laughs> and um, it kind of moved on from there. I mean, what else? I can't imagine doing anywhere, anything else where you get to your career is to brag about your community, brag about your destination, help to build and secure and preserve the heritage and culture and arts. Um, it's a great, it's a great industry. Hey, listen, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, American Express Services. Um, my wife, Ann, met a woman over 30 years ago, who works for American Express Travel side, and she still works with that same woman today when we travel mm -hmm. abroad. It's, I don't know what they built there, but it's special. It is special. It's definitely a culture for service. Um, you got to have a heart for service and troubleshooting, and it, it really taught me that there is above and beyond. There is a work ethic that requires you to get up at three o'clock in the morning to upgrade your client because that's the 24 hour cutoff to get to business class or help them maneuver through. I, I still have probably three or four corporate clients that I don't even work for American Express anymore, but I still help them. Uh, and their families, they, they are all at Aramco in the middle East and they're, so it's a, it's, it's a combination of fun experiences and an enormous amount of troubleshooting. I, I think you're right about that. And the troubleshooting, what's at, what's at the core of that is a true commitment to customer service. And you, you can't fake that because the, the, uh, the, the results speak for themselves. You know, when, when there, there are challenges, like one of the things when we travel – uh, diving is a really big deal for us, and we want to be able to dive. And mm -hmm. we don't want to have to drive a long way. And usually we're able to find a resort that includes diving as part of the deal. And um, and, and so, so this woman we work with at American Express doesn't just know from what she's read about this. In most cases, she's actually been to these places or she has multiple mm -hmm. clients that have been to these places that have dealt with it. That's what happens when you do it for over 30 years. You, you build up all of this, you know, you know, in intellectual knowledge, you know, uh, in, in, um, institutional knowledge that you can bring to every conversation. But I can see how doing that, having done that and experienced that can help sort of establish 
the kind of high standards that you would have in your day-to-day tourism world, what a, what a great sort of foundation to, to lay. It's always interesting um, for me because I was fortunate enough to grow up in the industry. So outside of being a CPA or finance, <laughs> I've done every position in a bureau uh, on and on both sides of the table as well as uh, attractions. And so I have a great uh, classmate and she was the COO of Schlitterbahn, which was the largest uh, water park company in the world. And it was founded in our small community. And I, I mean, for decades, we'd walk the park with folks from Southern Living and the Discovery Channel and this and that. And I can tell you that she never walked by a piece of trash without stopping and picking it up and putting it away. And she knew everyone's name in the park that worked there, uh, some of the longtime customers, and she always made time for them. And, and that really left a lasting impression on me that um, no matter how far up the ladder you are, you're not too far up to um, not take care of your folks. So care and keeping is very important. Well, look, you were on the board of directors for the Texas Tourism In- Industry Association, the largest such organization like that in the United States. You were on the Governor's Tourism Advisory Council, eventually serving as its chair, and uh, a lot of in-between. You, you've, you've dealt with it all. You obviously experienced uh, catastrophic floods and the pandemic, mm-hmm. and you, you have a sense of what it means to be resilient in the tourism industry. But um, when, when you came here in the wake of you know, Katrina and uh, the pandemic and all of that, you felt like you could sort of relate in some ways to what we've experienced and what resiliency really looks like in tourism, didn't you? I did. It was one of the elements that really attracted um, my husband and I to the area. He is from Mississippi, so that was number one. Um, But having a destination with as much dynamic uh, attractions, as many as we have, that is also um, kind of generationally anchored, with uh, folks that aren't afraid to do the work. And, you know, it goes back to that second grade teacher. You know, active citizenry is, it's a double-edged sword, but it's the best kind. Um, Everyone's got an opinion, everyone's very passionate, but that's what moves the needle. Yeah, it, it is. When we come back, we'll continue this part of the conversation, and then we'll remind you, what is coastal Mississippi tourism for people who hear that term a lot but don't really know what it is? We'll remind you of some of the history as it relates to that. And uh, we'll continue the conversation with the CEO of Coastal Mississippi Tourism, Judy Young. We'll see you after this. All right. and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend, the CEO of Coastal Mississippi Tourism, Judy Young. And um, I just mentioned that after Hurricane Katrina, I had the the, uh, honor of chairing the tourism effort for 
uh, the Governor's Commission on Recovery, Rebuilding, and Renewal, and we made a, a bunch of, of recommendations. One of the most important things, incidentally, we did coming out of the storm was to develop sort of an economic model and involve hundreds of people in the recovery effort so that we could begin to restore some faith with casino owners and others that there's going to be a here here to rebuild in. And so, you know, we focused a lot, for example, on getting land-based gaming, getting that legislation changed, and uh, the rest is kind of history. But one of the major recommendations that we made was to create a regional tourism effort for Hancock, uh, Jackson, and Harrison County. And, you know, what's interesting is when you develop a piece of legislation, it's never perfect the first time. I think there's always some tweaks that we can make to improve it. But the fact that it took us a little time, but eventually we got we got good um, a commitment from leaders that we needed to do this. We formed the organization, and um, and now that's that's the organization we have today called Coastal Mississippi Tourism. And we'll get into specifically what that organization is and what it's all about. But Judy uh, Young is the current CEO of Coastal Mississippi Tourism, and uh, by all accounts, she's doing a terrific job. Has built a strong team. Has a very supported board of commissioners. Um, I, I have watched Judy, frankly, as the board of commissioners has found what its role should be, coming from more of a micromanaging organization to one that it provides oversight and and direction and enables you to sort of lead your team. But since you landed here, you have built a really strong team, haven't you? I have. I, I've been fortunate to have the board of commissioners truly enable um, the organization to evolve to this the level that we have it at now. And I I was not sure that that, that was going to be smooth or easy. And um, there were some challenges, but uh, great mentorship. I mean, I stepped in the door and got exposure to Jerry St. Pei, to Rusty David, to Jimmy Ladner, I mean, generational folks who've made enormous impacts that said, we're going to give you the time to, you know, take us to the next step. I mean, it's only been a destination management organization for a decade. So it's a fairly young organization in that sphere. So I think it's just an evolutionary process. And uh, we really have, uh, I'm very excited about my team. They're all so smart and so talented, and it's so great because I can just get out of the way, and they can they can thrive and they can grow and they can bloom and and they have a lot of pride as well. I mean, they're 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 awesome. Well, I think I think you know we had we, you're right. I mean, a decade is young in a lot of respects, and we had we had steps to take as everyone began to from elected officials to commission members to members of the staff even, and, and the role that you're playing with the organization. We had to come to understand what is the right mix of leadership and responsibility and accountability and roles and responsibilities. I mean, that, that all was kind of tested along the way. Um, I, I saw good leadership from boards of supervisors, um, especially on the Hancock and Jackson County side. Eventually, we got that on the Harrison County side. I saw... Um, you know, Greg Cronin came in at a terrific time to be the chairman. I mentioned him. Jimmy Ladner I had the opportunity to visit with him a little bit over at the uh, live remote we had at Town Green during cruising the coast and coast, excuse me. And 
he was so positive and big smiles and excited about where you guys are. And you were there at the time, so I could see that the uh, the chemistry was terrific. But you know, so, again, sometimes you have to go through a little bit of a of a rough spot to find peace. You have to. There's a lot of trials and tribulations to finding success. And um, we're in a really good spot right now, aren't we? We're in a great spot. The the board of commissioners is uh, very diverse and uh, really working hard to take on the the bigger objectives. And that's very important because as a destination, we really have to focus a good bit on where we're going to go and how we're going to evolve and what what elements we're going to put in place to be sustainable, what parts of the tourism product we're missing in a big way. (laughs) And so having that kind of vision and foresight and the connections and vested level in the community that the Board of Commissioners has is going to help us get there. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Hey, so let's uh let's take a step back as it relates to coastal Mississippi tourism and when you're what's your elevator speech on what this organization does and kind of give a sense of, of what that's all about. Well, Coastal Mississippi drives revenue, new revenue. We import wealth into the community by increasing visitation year round to a stable product that enables Every single person in a household, currently they save over $700 a person in taxes. But bigger than that is the import of wealth is $2.7 billion. Those are new dollars. It's not a dollar you get paid at an at a entity that you work for and then you spend it within the community at a grocery store. This is dollars from outside the community that get spent in the community. So new dollars circulating. That's the kind of economic development that's kind of hard to put your head around because it's thousands of front doors, not just one front door. So it's a little bit out there, but it supports over 27,000 jobs for our friends and neighbors. So that's an enormous number, both in employment and in spend and in taxes. We're more than a third of the state's tourism product. So our marketing promotions and sales efforts um, they're they're the constant. I always like to say it's like Ford, right? Ford Motor Company has a national campaign, so that's Visit USA, and then the state and southern states have Ford has another campaign, so that's Mississippi Tourism Association Visit Mississippi, and then you move down to regional and local, and it's our job to get them here, and it's our stakeholders job to close the sale and service it so we sell a product that thousands of people fulfill so uh, explain where the money comes from the money that funds coastal mississippi is generated by a tax that is on lodging entities um it's at three percent um actually for us it's 2.25 percent and 2.75 percent goes to the coliseum for debt service for the expansion and so that's how we get funded we also get funded through currently several different other grants that come from the state and the federal government and you've actually done really well as it relates to the grant side of this haven't you We've done we've done quite well. Um, it's been an education in itself. 
the grant process and the grant grant rules and procurement and reporting and that's a moving target every month. Uh, but we have done really well. We have uh, a great internal team that really has some experience at that and does a, a, a good job. And the legislature's been so supportive and so kind and so gracious as I wade my way through a new political system. And uh, they've been really, really gracious in some of my questions that I, I'm like, I, I, I don't really know exactly what that is because we don't, I, I don't call it that from, from where I was before, but, but you know, the ARPA funds are um, a huge influx right now, good through 2025. And it's, we're, we're rocking. We have our organic is up over 33% just since we got the first round, and uh, I don't see it stopping. Yeah, that is, uh, that's terrific, actually. You know, I'm a, have a digital media background, so I can appreciate what you mean when you say organic is up 30%. Really, really important. Organic as opposed to paid. So you create all kinds of possibilities out there that people can interact with, and then they choose to interact it without you having to pay for that interaction. That's organic. Really, really important for an organization like Coastal Mississippi Tourism. What's unique about Coastal Mississippi, and it's been interesting because, you know, sometimes uh, looking back, even before we formed Coastal Mississippi Tourism, there would be naysayers that would want to compare our market based on, with our, compare our market to other markets based on, for example, population, for example. Um, there's really not a market like ours in the entire United States when you think about the casinos that are here and the amount of revenue that they're generating, the amount of tourists that come to a market like ours, we kind of stand alone in a lot of ways. I mean, even though there's been a tremendous proliferation of gaming, I think the number of, of gaming jurisdictions across the United States now have surpassed 40, somewhere in that range. Um, the competition is intense, um, but the casinos still perform really well. And the way I see Coastal Mississippi Tourism is like you guys are sort of creating sort of the branding umbrella that everything can fit within so that we can get economies of scale with our marketing dollars. Um, there really isn't another market like ours. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll come back on the other side and let you talk about how unique how unique this market is as we continue our conversation with the CEO of Coastal Mississippi Tourism, Judy Young. We'll see you after this break. Matthew show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthew show from the Citizens Bank Studio and I have my friend Judy Young, the CEO of Coastal Mississippi Tourism. I'm a little under the weather on the tail end of a, of a COVID experience, but I'm doing great. Found a little horse, but I'm doing fantastic. Um, Judy, um, I've said this many times, what makes Coastal Mississippi so special is that we're a strong region, but what we really are is a collection of small communities, each with its own special sense of place. So whether you're in Bay St. Louis or Ocean Springs, the synergy that exists between these communities, what we've focused so hard on after Hurricane Katrina to rebuild 
I mean, that is on steroids today. This is, I mean, when people experience those and they're encouraged from Bay St. Louis to go check out Waveland and from Bay St. Louis to drive over to Ocean Springs or to Ocean Springs to say, go check out the quaint little Moss Point or see what's going on in downtown Pascagoula. The way these communities connect together, they create a destination in and of themselves without even getting into all the other stuff, the beach and the casinos and the golf <laughs> and the great eating and all the things that come with that. But this is a unique market. It's it's hard to compare it with any other market, isn't it? It is. It's it's very dynamic and there are so many different facets and traditions and cultures within the three counties. But the thing that a visitor doesn't they don't recognize the city limit signs. They don't recognize the county. They don't recognize that at all. They're just here for the experience and other places have a beach, other places have casinos, all of those things. But the thing that we have that I've not encountered anywhere else, and I have traveled all over the world, is the authentic hospitality that you experience in coastal Mississippi from nearly every walk of life. I mean, some people can have it with their you know, services within their casinos or their services at their attraction. I mean, you're going to get it at the gas station. You're going to get it at the grocery store. I mean, the other day, someone said, well, you know, we're going to change your windshield wipers out, love. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) is Is that what you were referring to in terms of endearment? I am. I I love it. It's um, I, I, I try to secret shop nearly every weekend, wherever we go to explore or to eat or experience and there are so many terms of endearment i had a a a winter and northern folks come down and i was eating breakfast next to them and the lady the wonderful wait staff said here's your bottomless mimosa honey and she kind of looked up like who are you talking to and her husband just started laughing and so we started talking afterwards and i mean it's just that level of authenticity, and, and I. Someone else explained it to me as, you know, if you're meeting someone in a restaurant or a bar, and you're all having a conversation with a visitor, and someone from here invites you to meet them for Sunday dinner, they mean it. I mean, it's an authentic invitation, and that is that is not common at all, even throughout the South. But it is consistent. In our three counties. So the challenge will be, will the next several generations also embrace the terms of endearment? Yeah, I, you know, gosh, that's a really good point. How do, we, how do we keep that alive generationally? You know, to some extent, and I, I talk about it all the time because I think it's what, in the, it's what is in the heart of Mississippians as a general rule. You know, it's certainly true here on the coast, but I think it's true. I think it's a, a byproduct of having to be resilient, you know, you know, when you get hit by the worst natural disaster in American history, having to come back from that gives you a more chronic appreciation for not only your place, your sense of place, but the people around you and the people who visit here. And that, you know, I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not a matter of if, but it's when we'll get hit again. And I think, when you have to deal with that on a periodic basis, I mean, that may be every 10, maybe 15, 20 years, 
I think we're going to bounce back better because we rebuilt infrastructure and all the things that we rebuilt after the storm. But it, it just, I don't know, it creates in us chronic appreciation for this place. And that that, that then, you know, uh, is what people see and they feel it. And you, as you point out, you can always put it in words. I think terms of endearment is a great way to say it. But we can't always put it in words. We just know that it's the secret sauce. It's the thing that people are attracted to and makes them want to come back here. And hey, by the way, when you consider that over 80% of the people who come here come here in their cars, they have choices mm-hmm. to go to other places, don't they? They do. They're, you know, when, when the rest of the country opened up, it was a new game. So the competitive sets and everyone around us, all those attractions, um, they're going after everyone hard for visitation. And, you know, one of them may have a casino and one of them may have a beach. One of them, you know, may have an art gallery, but do they have the artists' families, generations of them here still involved? I just think it's, um, I think that Mississippi in general has a fighting spirit. And I think that's what makes the difference and the pride and Coastal Mississippi is going to be there every day, beating the drum and making a positive impact. Um, November, we had 51 articles with 19,000 journalists and $960,000 in value. So we got to keep our head down and get the work done. Well, Judy Young, CEO of Coastal Mississippi Tourism, we've only just begun our conversation. I can't wait to come back in the next month or so. We'll just talk about your current strategy and where you are, and we'll continue the conversation because we both share a love for this place and the terms of endearment that we're so, so very much aware of. It's been a pleasure. Happy, happy holidays to you, my friend. Thank you. Have a great holiday. You bet. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.